Packers fans. This is the G-Spot Packers podcast. I'm Paul and I got Brian hosting with me as always. Check us out on Twitter at the G-Spot Packers 1 and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox. Brian, that was a hell of a win against the Lions to get us to 5-1 and one overall and 3-0 and oh in the division. Yes, it was. And not only was there a great win for the Packers, but... We had two great wins over the state of uh, Michigan for Wisconsin this week. Uh, yeah, well, then tacking on the uh, win against University of Michigan uh, and uh, Western Michigan, uh, what are we, like uh, three, four and oh, I guess, over the state of Michigan uh, from a football perspective. Um, you see that uh, they're joking around on Twitter and they uh, seceded the UP to Wisconsin. Good choice by the UP. Place a place that uh, is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Absolutely. I mean, we could have went in state, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would have been cheaper. <laughs> yep. Anyways, I was in uh, Madison for that game, and uh, not only was that a great game and it payback for the uh, hail mary loss when I was in East Lansing for Russell Wilson, I brought back some uh, spotted cow for this show. You know. This is going to be an unpopular opinion. Please don't unsubscribe from us as soon as I say this, but Spotted Cow is a highly overrated beer. I mean, in my opinion, the Fat Squirrel, Two Women, what, Totally Naked, those are all better beers than Spotted Cow. I'll go with overhyped because uh, everyone that's out of state, since they can't get their hands on you, they say, bring you back a whole bunch of that Spotted Cow. Yeah, I mean, I, li- I like New Glarus, but just Spotted Cow is like their fourth or fifth best beer. But I don't. Hopefully, there's still people listening at this point. Um, I was just having Pabst Blue Ribbon, and I had too many of them, so um, not feeling so hot. But that game, yeah. Now on to the game. We got out to a rough start, and we got a little help from the refs. That'll happen. But all in all, it was a great win and we recovered from the mistakes that we made early and ultimately we ground out a tough win all right so it was a great win as you stated uh but it it, uh, did not come without controversy absolutely and we'll start with that elephant in the room the refs had a pretty rough day and some of those important calls went the packers way but that'll happen and every team has games like that where they're gonna have complaints about the refs yeah, and we posted on Twitter, and the the point basically was you remember the times when you get screwed over a lot better than the times when you get away with something. So it's something about you know being pissed off that you know enraged emotion that helps you really remember that. And so it's just human nature for you to uh, think that your team is getting screwed over all the time, but these things happen to every team every week, just maybe not quite as egregious. Absolutely. We had a couple things pointed out when we played the Eagles. We didn't blame it, uh, the loss on that. Dallas this week got helped against the Jets, which ultimately got them the touchdown. But the Jets in the end made the play to end the game, preventing the two-point play. Problem with Detroit is in their history, they don't make those plays. And those uh, mistakes and refs calls ultimately are what they blame for the loss instead of not making a play when it's crunch time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Packers fans certainly know uh, the pain of some bad calls, whether it's the fail Mary or the Clay Matthews getting a sack every time he winks at a a quarterback. Um, 
But, you know, these big questionable calls in this game, you know, they weren't scoring plays. They weren't turnover plays. Um, and, you know, Detroit had the opportunity to stop the Packers. But as you stated, the, the Packers just didn't start out very well. No, they didn't. And I'll admit, Detroit came out with a great game plan, and we fell behind 13 nothing, and we had to battle back. Uh, luckily, we held it to 13 points because, uh, as we kind of mentioned, Detroit could have put up more points and got a bigger lead, but they didn't. Yeah, it, re- it really uh, could have been worse. I-, I was not a happy camper at that point. Um, and really, it comes down to two big plays by Stafford. There were some other good stuff, that uh, things that they did, but without those two plays, the defense, our defense, held its own pretty well. Um, but it wasn't all, uh, all of the, that was just ugly. Um, there were some bad games by individuals on, on this offense. Absolutely. Starting off with uh, Geronimo Allison had some bad drops early. Um, ultimately ended up leaving the game. Um, Darius Shepard, he had a rough game fumbling a punt and just some other struggles. Um, Aaron Jones, I, I won't say he had, you know, the worst game, but, you know, a fumble and then an easy drop touchdown are not good plays. And then Graham also had a drop touchdown and had another opportunity to make a play to score and failed to do that. And that was just kind of some of the issues we had offensively. Yeah, you know, the Jones, I don't know if I agree with you that that was easy. It was kind of thrown behind him. He had to twist uh, to make that. But, you know, as a you know professional athlete, as a you know, offensive uh, weapon, he's got to catch that. That Graham drop, though, was pretty inexcusable. Absolutely. He got two hands out there this time. Yeah, right, right in the bread basket, and he dropped it. But there were some people that stepped up uh, to help us – uh, get this ugly victory, um, including Aaron Rodgers and especially future friend of the show, Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams came in and took right over for Jones and said, I'll take over the running game and, you know, showed he was 1B to that compliment. Um, had a great game. Alan Lazard came in finally in the second half and got his opportunity and made the most of it. Mercedes Lewis, I think he had a sneaky good game, not a ton of plays, but when he was in there, he made some good plays and looked really good. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by those three guys. I, I, although I, I do have to say one of my favorite moments of the game was that at the end, obviously, I was happy at that point. But right before Crosby kicked that uh, game winner, uh, they were going to let Jamal Williams just waltz into the end zone. He just said, nope. And he just sat down and had a big shitting grin on his face. <laughs> but uh, that was great. Lazard, obviously... Um, definitely had a great game with some really good catches, including that touchdown pass. Um, but the defense, it was it was a mixed bag. As we discussed, uh, those two really bad plays happened, uh, uh, but otherwise pretty solid. What did you see from the defense? Defensively, I thought, I'm going to say King had a bad game. Obviously, he made some plays later in the game and made up for the start, but the start was really bad. Um, and he kind of gave a lot of cushion on some other plays. King did have a bad game, but it looked like he was expecting some help on that flea flicker from from Redmond. Absolutely. And that's, you know, part of the whole coverage as a unit there. And so, yeah, it's not totally on King on that first play. But I guess t- to me, he looked a little bit slower this game than in past ones. And um, I don't think it's a confidence issue. And I think he'll bounce back just the way 
Jair Alexander bounce back for this game after having a rough week against uh, Cooper. So, yeah, I mean, there was some bad stuff, uh, but obviously uh, they clamped down uh, after that bad start. And, uh, you know, the, the Smith brothers, and we see them, their name every week. They come out and they have a solid game. Yeah, they showed a lot of maturity from years past. They weathered the storm, you know, after that rough start and then made crucial stops and gave the Packers a chance offensively to make plays. And they ultimately did. And me personally, after uh, pointing out Lowry having a bad game against the Broncos, I thought he had a great game this year. And I mean, this week, and hopefully he can continue doing that because he was stout against the run this week. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Matt LaFleur, he even unpromptedly uh, said in one of his press conferences that uh, Dean Lowry had a great game. So it uh, really shows why they invested in him uh, at the beginning of the season um, to be a part of their team for years to come. Um, but one one thing that I noticed in just kind of uh, holistically, not any individual play necessarily, but you know, the, the offense really seems to start looking different. Um, are, are we starting to get a fuller picture of this Matt LaFleur offense? I completely agree. I think this week we saw more motion than last week. We saw more passes to the running back. We saw two jet sweeps. And like you're kind of hinting at, I think we're starting to see this offense uh, kind of morph and evolve from the Mike McCarthy offense into what we we're a little bit kind of teased with the Matt LaFleur offense. So hopefully this continues because I think it not only will help with the players and injuries, not having as skilled in the skill positions, but also to prolong Aaron Rodgers' career, trying to attack those shorter passes. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully uh, that allows them while we're banged up to potentially still generate some points um, through the scheming rather than uh, having the individuals win their matchups. So speaking of being banged up, though, um, do you have some injuries, um, guys that were out from last week um, who missed this game in Detroit? Devontae Adams with the turf toe, Tony Brown with the hamstring, Darnell Savage with the ankle, and Robert Tanyan with the hip. Yeah, Devontae Adams probably still going to be out uh, from what we've been hearing. We'll have to check the report on the others. I think the biggest one on there, as we mentioned last week, is still Darnell Savage. And I guess my question to you is, do you think those uh, deep balls in that first quarter to start the game, do you think those are as impactful or even happen if Darnell Savage is back there? Well, I mean, it's, it's tough to say for sure, but you you got to imagine so. Um, as we talked about Will Redman on that one play, he did get fooled. And that's not to say that Savage wouldn't have gotten fooled, although probably less likely um, that game changing speed that he has um, allows him to make up for some mental mistakes like that. So no, I don't think that that would have happened with Savage in there. I would agree with that assessment. I think he can uh, at least close the gap on those. Yeah. But Devante being out um, again would certainly be a blow. Um, would love to see, uh, reports of him coming back sooner than expected, but uh, those are those are the two big ones. Tony Brown obviously uh, um, has, has some special teams uh, abilities, and Tanyan obviously with the whole offense and the receiving corps being injured, um, he could be a boost too. 
out of those two, which are, which are you hoping to see uh, back first? I'm going to say Robert Tanyan. Um, again, I want to see Jimmy Graham snaps reduced. I like Robert Tanyan's effort and just desire to catch the ball, being such a young, uh, prove it out there tight end. And so I'd like to see him get a few more snaps if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, even though he doesn't have a ton of snaps, uh, you'd like to see him get some more and take the load off of Graham and even Lewis, uh, who's played well, but is getting older. Um, so also in this game, we had some injuries uh, to, to our receivers, which isn't great, um, seeing as now our one, two, and three receivers are injured. Geronimo had the concussion. He's probably going to be out next week. And then uh, Valdez Scantling with the mild ankle sprain. Uh, he did return to uh, finish the game. I've read where he's likely to play, but could be limited. Yeah, that's true. And I think limited, um, you know, people kind of say, oh, he's going to play. But that's MVS's best uh, asset is his pure speed. And that's going to be hindered with this ankle. And with those two injuries, along with Devontae Adams, that's really going to test the depth at the position. You know, we're going to have probably a banged up MVS. Um, then we're going to have Kumaro, Alan Lazard, and uh, Shepard. So four healthy-ish receivers, three fully healthy going into the game. And that'll be a little tough. Yeah, that would be it would be not a, not a great uh, starting lineup. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, before we do, while we're on the injury topic... Um, one potentially interesting development, um, Ibrahim Ham- Campbell, uh, he is eligible to return to the practice, uh, uh, to practice and then um, potentially the 53-man roster this week. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that he could possibly return this week. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be a week before they would do that with the health situation we just mentioned with the wide receivers. Um, I don't think they, if they're going to bring somebody up and send somebody down off the active roster, I think it'll be for an extra body at wide receiver. Um, Cause like we were saying right now, we have three really healthy four probably going to play. And if we lose one, we'd be down to three in the game and that's not good. Yeah. I, I think because of that, they're probably going to hold off. Um, they, they're, they do have five weeks where they can uh, still wait on uh returning him before they got to put him on the uh, injured reserve. Maybe uh, he'll get brought back sooner if the savage injury is worse than uh, people thought. But uh, so far we have um, still pretty good depth at the safety position. Um, But going back to that wide receiver position, there has been a lot of discussion on Twitter and amongst Packer fans about trading for a wide receiver. Yeah, for sure. With the trade deadline approaching, there's been a lot of names floating out, and they're pretty intriguing ones. Guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Mohamed Sanu, Corey Davis, A.J. Green. Um, I'm not sure you know, if we can pull off those trades or how much they make sense, but it's intriguing to hear those, that type of talent that could possibly be influxed in a team that's desperate for wide receivers at the moment. Yeah, you know, and we've been, we've been pretty adamant that this – doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you actually look at it. Obviously, uh, you know, on the surface, getting an actual receiver looks great, but maybe it changes now that MVS and Geronimo are, you know, added to the injuries, uh, 
you know, along with Devante that's been injured for a while. But um, we only have about $9 million in cap space this year. And it's not like, you know, we, we can let that all drain. You know, we got to keep that for emergencies and reserves. Um, also, that uh, can roll over to next year and save that for Kenny Clark, Brian Bulaga, Blake Martinez, all guys with the, who need new contracts. Um, it's just it's just too costly. You know, any guy that's available either is getting paid too much, or it, it would cost a really high draft pick, uh, or the guy's not really an upgrade over wh- what we have. So, do you want to spend that to to just get an extra body in there? I I don't know. Speaking on money wise, do you think there's a potential at all they could work out a trade where uh, the team that they're receiving from would you know hold on to some of the contract if you bump up the pick a little bit? I mean, I, I think that's the point where this starts to make a little bit more sense. You know, maybe if they convert some of the base salary to a, a bonus or something like that to, uh, to pay that before the trade. But then at this point, we're just, you know, how much will it cost in draft capital at that point? You know, are we getting a mediocre receiver? Are we spending a, a second round pick to get a mediocre receiver, receiver on a rental? I don't know. Yeah, and that's what you got to kind of weigh. But um, looking at the free agents out there, there's not too many good options. But not to go down a rabbit hole, crazy idea. There is a guy, you know, out there on free agency, freshly kind of retired in Jordy Nelson. Any thoughts on that? Oh, man. I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe with the injuries, this is actually makes sense. But oh, I, 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 I don't know. I'm I'm not too crazy about the idea. But before we go down that rabbit hole, we divert. Um, I, I, I guess I'd be happy if it happened, but I just don't see it happening. Um, we move on to uh, one of our favorite segments of the week. I know a fraction about uh, football as Matt LaFleur knows, but I'm going to second guess him anyways. What you got, Brian? This week for me, it's really, really simple. Um I was I texted you in the end of the first quarter after Geronimo uh, Allison's second drop, and I said, put Alan Lazard in now. I'm tired of watching these drops. Took to the second half, and he made great plays. I wish we would have saw some of that in the first half. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, yeah, I, I'm struggling this week to figure out something because uh, I, I think overall it was a pretty uh, well-called game. Uh, I would say uh, – Running two jet sweeps uh, with Marquez Valdez Scantling after that ankle injury just seemed to be slow, tentative with his cuts, and I I don't know if those were necessarily uh, productive. But like I said, that was kind of a reach. It was a pretty good, pretty well called game. And on one of those, I think the second one, he got tackled by a couple guys, and his legs kind of got rolled up on again. And I I cringed a little bit and was worried for him for a sec. Yeah, but I mean, kind of at the same time, you know, if you if you're gonna put a guy back in uh, after an injury, you're risking that regardless. So, all right, so en- enough about that game. Another great game. Again, five and one, three and zero in the division. Happy to get that win. Happy to see the tears of our friends from from Detroit. This week, uh, the Packers maybe get a little bit of a break from 
playing some pretty tough teams and they play the Raiders. Um, not a highly touted team, but they are three and two and they just beat the uh, bears in London. And for the second team in a row, uh, the Packers are facing a team coming off a bye. Um, so, well, maybe a little bit easier of a opponent. Uh, you certainly don't want to sleep on Gruden and the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders, they're coming off a <laughs> of bye as you mentioned. And, uh, it's surprising. I didn't think they'd be three and two, and uh, they were kind of hinting at Derek Carr having a, you know, possibly moving on from him. But he's playing pretty well. He's leading the team. He's their quarterback. They have uh, rookie running back Josh Jacobs back there, who's having a great season so far. Um, usually we don't talk about it, but they have fullback Alec Ingold, so I figured that'd be fun to mention with his ties to Wisconsin. Their wide receiving core is uh, led by Tyrell Williams and newly acquired ex-Packer Trevor Davis. We could probably really use him right now, but that's the way it is. And they have a surprise uh, tight end this year who's having a great year in Darren Waller. Yeah, definitely uh, feel bad about Trevor Davis being gone. Darren Waller is having a great uh, great year. Um but it, it is uh, going to be sad to see uh, us go against Alec Ingold after rooting for him so many years in Wisconsin. Um, he actually enjoyed the uh, uh, bye week uh, by going to that Michigan State game. I don't know if you saw that um, while you were at the game. I, I saw it on TV. Um, but their offense actually looks pretty good. Um, I wonder what it, it would have looked like uh, if they had been able to keep Antonio Brown happy. Man, I think they'd be pretty dangerous because right now with Jacobs, they got the eighth-ranked rushing offense. Their defense is bottom. I mean, their pass offense is bottom third, and I assume with AB, you'd be at least middle of the pack. Yeah. So what about their defense, though? Well, the Raiders have a pretty solid defensive line. They have a uh, rookie Cleveland Farrell um, added to Maurice Hurst, Jonathan Hankins, and Aiden Key. It's probably the strength of their defense. Um, the linebackers are led by uh, Tyre Whitehead and Justin Phillips. And their secondary have solid corners in Daryl Worley and Garen Conley. And then finally, the safeties are LaMarcus Joyner and Carl Joseph. So definitely some talent on defense too, but uh, seems to be a bit of a reprieve from the stacked defenses that we face to start the season. Um, it kind of it makes you it makes you wonder what this would look like if uh, Packers were fully healthy. Absolutely, I think that would be a big thing to see this week. It's probably our weakest defense we faced so far, and it'd be good to see how our offense uh, was progressing. Yeah. So, what do you see the Raiders trying to do with us in offense? Do they rely on their rookie running back, or do they uh, have Derek Carr, their highly paid quarterback, uh, try and take it take us on? Uh, normally I'd say that they would run the ball at Jacobs. Cause as I mentioned, they got a top 10 rushing attack. Um, probably trying to exploit us with their tight end. Who's excellent in the passing game. Um, but with the Packers kind of just hanging around and coming back with teams, I have a feeling that they're going to try and attack and score quickly. And, you know, we've had Kevin King and Alexander's have off days. If one of those guys has an off day again, I think they may try and exploit that and get a little risky. Hopefully we can make plays on that. I just don't want to see any more flea flickers. 
Um, <laughs> all right, but then on their defense, uh, how do you see the Raiders trying to take advantage of our depleted receiving corps? Defensively, again, they um, also stop the run very well. Passing the ball is their uh, pass defense is their weakness. So I think they're going to use their strength in trying to stop uh, Jones and Jamal because um, that's basically the strength of our offense at the moment with our weak wide receiver core. And uh, that's how they're going to try and stop us. Yeah. All right. Well, what about uh, the Packers? What do you think we'll see from LaFleur and Petten this week? Again, the way we uh, started trying to attack Detroit, we're going to need to run the ball, hopefully with Jamal and Jones having both good games this week. Um, I love all the motion we talked about, the jet sweeps. Hopefully uh, Matt LaFleur can create something in the passing game that we would kind of hear about, and hopefully you know, he can get creative and pull something you know that we haven't seen yet. And Aaron Rodgers will need to make a few plays. Yeah, I I. I... I hope you're right there. Uh, the one thing I'm just kind of wondering, we talked about it earlier, you know, that we're slowly seeing this Matt LaFleur offense uh, blossom. What what else do you think that there is yet to see with this offense? Or, or do you think that it's kinda, we've kind of seen all that it's going to be? Um, I'd like to see a little bit more um, bootlegs and uh, some more crossing routes with a little bit of levels concepts, get somebody shallow, medium, and deep and kind of make those secondary players have to choose where they're going to. And I think Rodgers can really exploit defenses that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, so so then on defense, uh, what, uh, what do we got to do? Same way that we went up against the Lions, the Lions started out fast with their passing attack, but really their main focus was to get a running game going. And... After struggling a couple weeks with that, we totally dominated and shut down the Lions' rushing attack. Um, if we can do that against the Raiders and force them to throw when they don't want to, and it's not by you know play action or surprise, that pass rush is going to eat them up. And our secondary is too talented. They may be young and jump routes, but they are too talented to get beat all day, and they will make plays. So use the same blueprint we saw this week against Detroit, a little better execution to start the game, and we'll win. Sounds good. All right, so on to the division watch. Uh, the Bears, they had the week off, um, but this week they take on a tough Saints team, um, although Drew Brees is unlikely to play, although I heard this is kind of the timeline where you know it, maybe it makes sense. He did uh, get uh, shown – throwing a ball around. Exactly. And unlike when uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down, Teddy Bridgewater has stepped up as the backup and has gone a great four and zero. he does have a talented team, but I, you got to give him some credit for leading that team and getting him those four victories against some tough opponents. I think it's going to make a really tough test against Chicago. Uh, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game with two defenses and I'm saying Teddy Bridgewater pulls it out. I don't trust the Bears' offense. Yeah, uh, so obviously, you know, we're pulling for the Saints because we'd, we'd love to see the Bears lose and get that even further um, lead in the division. But on the flip side, uh, overall in the NFC, we're definitely uh, competing with uh, the Saints, neck and neck with them right now, uh, five and one apiece. So either way, you know, whoever loses this game, it helps the Packers. 
Call it a win-win. Yeah. The Lions then, obviously they played us. Uh, this upcoming week, they play against the Vikings, who looked great again. The Lions will be playing a second division game, and that's always tough. Both of the teams are looking for their first uh, win in the division. So that's to make it a really big t- game for both teams and look for them to both play tough. Yeah, um, but before we get into the game, let's just talk about the Vikings. They really, as we talked about last week, seem to have that Jekyll and Hyde team. But um, maybe uh, they're starting to pull it together and actually just looking like a pretty legit team. They beat the Eagles pretty badly. Yes, they did, and this time it wasn't just because of Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins uh, came in and had an amazing game, had four touchdowns, three of them most importantly to disgruntled Stephon Diggs. So that little riff seems to have been sewed up for at least a week, and their defense came to play and shut down Carson Wentz. Yeah, I I don't know. They're starting to look scary. Um, glad we got the win when we did. Um yeah, uh, with them playing in Detroit, I'm personally pulling for Detroit in this game. How about you? No doubt. Not only do the Vikings, uh, I don't like them more than the Lions, but they also have a better record so far. So we can give the Vikings a loss, and you know, if the Lions have to win, so be it. Yeah, um, but I will say both of these teams uh, look pretty good. Um, they both put up, uh, you know, uh, some pretty good uh, games this so far this season so we'll see um the division then went two and one this week uh with the only loss being in the division obviously uh lines to the packers packers sit on top five and one three and oh in the division vikings then are behind four and two uh with both of those losses being divisional losses sit one game back Bears are a game and a half back at three and two, one and one in the division. And the Lions sitting at the last place in the division at two, two and one, oh and one, two games back. Do you see, though, that the, the Lions would have uh, been in first place had they uh, had they won this game? Yeah, I see that they'd be that percentage wise, winning percentage wise, but I'm not sure, you know, with the buys, like how that all kind of works out. Yeah, it makes it makes it funky, but they, they technically would would have been ahead. Um, but those Lions with that worst uh, record at 500, they would still be tied for first place in the NFC East with the uh, Cowboys and the Eagles. So that just kind of goes to show the toughness of this division. And the crazy thing for me is I have a couple people I know that are Cowboys fans and an Eagle fan. And all offseason, they're talking about, you know, being Super Bowl contenders in high hopes. And they're sitting at 500, six games into the season. Yeah, they're they're both uh, not looking uh, so great. Um, but, you know, this should be a, a tough battle the to the very end for the NFC North. Uh, but the Packers getting that 3-0 and uh, into the division really gives us a huge head start. You know, we, we are a game back of the Vikings, but we've got that tiebreaker on them right now, as well as a tiebreaker against the bears and the lions. Yep. Worst case, we can finish one and one versus all of them. So no advantage there. Yeah. All right. So finish up the week as always with our hot cheddar, hot takes of the week. Um, 
we didn't have the greatest ones last week again, but uh, I'll start off this week with mild cheddar. I'm going to say that Alan Lazard picks up where he left off and he catches another touchdown. Yes, my boy. I'd love to see that. I'm going to go with the uh, offensive line continues to dominate play and they give up zero sacks and only two pressures against the Raiders. Ooh, that's a, that's a, a little bit more than mild. That'd be a good game for them. Um, going to go with for my warm, quick, warm, squeaky cheese curds. Uh, Adrian Amos, who's been having a quiet but steady year, makes some noise by getting the strip sack of Derek Carr on a blitz. Ooh, that'll be nice. I'm going to go with uh, Will Redman rebounds after giving up that big play in the first quarter against Detroit and against the Raiders. He gets an interception for real this time. Oh, that'd be great. All right. Habanero Queso, hot takes of the week. I said that Aaron Jones rebounds from a bad game and picks up 150 yards combined plus two touchdowns. That'll be a solid rebound. I'm going to go a little crazy with my Habanero Queso and go with my uh, sleeper draft crush from a couple years ago with Alan Lazard. One of my favorites. Builds off his success against the Lions where he had a monster game. He continues that with eight catches, 130 yards, and two well, since you said one, I'm going to add that on and go three touchdowns. Ah, it just one up in me. All right. Well, that's all we got for the week. Thanks for listening to the G Spot Packers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the G Spot Packer One. Please subscribe if you liked it. If you really liked it, share this with your friends and colleagues. And as always, go pack, go.